Welcome to episode four of Who's Watching the Watchmen? Clinton Ken, that's who. It's us. It's us, Clinton Clinton Ken. Ken. (laughs) Uh, We're your hosts. I'm Ken Brown. This is Clint Jones sitting across from me in this fine studio. I'm here. And this week we watched episode four of Watchmen. If you don't like my story, write your own. And we are here with, if you don't like our podcast, record your own. Go record your own damn podcast. Seriously, kids. So, uh, Clint, what'd you think of Damon Lindelof's episode four of The Watchmen? I still love it. (laughs) What a shocker. (laughs) Plot twist. Yeah. One of these days you're going to come in here and going to be like, it was awful. Like, wait, what? lost me. uh, Every week of this show, I get more and more jazzed about what they're doing with it. It gets weirder and weirder. Weirder and weirder for sure. And I I was reading an article today. Uh, about how people are, or there are some people, there's a group of people that are checking out of this show. Really? Because it's just too weird for them. Huh. And I say, bring on the weird, they can just go find another show. Yeah. I, man, the weirder this thing gets, happier I am. As long as they're going somewhere, I yeah, I'm good with it. Especially since I, I can't understand that, especially with this episode where I feel like so many pieces clicked into place. I thought the same thing. And I don't know if it's just they abandoned before this, but there was there's just a lot of reaction where people were like, I don't get it. That's really strange. Yeah. Yeah. Especially and I, I have a coworker who is the most Trump loving man and he would not think he would love this show, but he really likes it and is huh. just totally surprised to me. Okay. And so it's just like, I wonder who these people are who thinks it's too weird because I would think he'd be too weird. I think it's just people with expectations and yeah. they don't like where the show is. And so they're they're not coming to it on its own terms. Right. And then the reaction I, I can understand would be, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, but it, it doesn't bother me. I, I hope it makes Alan oh. Moore real mad. <laughs> I hope I hope he's rolling over in his pre-grave yeah. and he just doesn't know how to process uh, what the show is, if mm-hmm. he even watches it, because it's just... I doubt he watches I'm, it. Probably not. No. I come to it every week. I come away from it every week. I instantly love it on first watch. Second watch, I appreciate it. Yeah, this um, is the first one I gave a second watch because yeah. I wanted to... Just be a little more prepared, more a little more professional. Now, last week I talked about what my first watch versus second watch felt like. What's your first watch versus second watch? First watch, I think every episode so far, I just <laughs> kind of sit there with a big grin on my face. <laughs> I probably look like a madman, but it's just I love how it unfolds and just the new elements that are constantly popping up. So I just I think I'm just. Not maybe not taking in all the finer details, mm-hmm. but I'm the overall arc of the episode is just making me happy. Yeah. 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 Well, this week introduced a very new element in Lady True. Yeah. Who at first I'm like, okay, she looks weird. I don't get quite why she's walking into this farmhouse, but then fell in love with this scene, fell oh, in yeah. love with this character, yeah. want to know everything about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady True. Uh, visits this farm. It is it is the Clark Acres farm in the Kent yes, family. I oh, know. Oh. I was going to say that. Yeah, little yeah. little mom and pop living on a farm, and little do they know something is about to crash in their backyard. I really hope it's a baby of some sort. <laughs> but Lady True shows up. Uh, she's this uh, billionaire who corrects everybody that she's a trillionaire. Yeah. And she offers them a baby in exchange for their land. And they take offense to that. And she says, oh, by the way. It's your actual 
it's your actual child yeah. and I already made it. Yeah. And you have roughly 30 seconds left of this three-minute conversation to decide. And she I love makes a joke. <laughs> I'm just going to destroy it. a great it. joke if about, you don't, like, I'll, I'll just destroy it if you don't take the baby. Like, I'm just, just kidding. We'll find a loving home for <laughs> it. I'm not a monster. <laughs> So, uh, strong opening yet again. Yeah. Every episode seems to have a strong opening. I love, uh, yeah. Like, Did I, you dig this? Oh, yeah. I loved oh. the, like, Superman, like, overtone to it where, yeah, it's this this family who is um, living on this farm who can't have children. And then, like, this child just appears out of nowhere by a mysterious um, way. But, yeah. And it could just be that. That could be the end of the Ken. So I'm yeah, curious if I'm that totally kid fine. is anything. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just, sure it's yeah. just a side note. And, yeah. and what's really uh, to be followed and paid attention to is whatever is crashing in that field yeah. that she lights up to and uh-huh. says, That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So any other thoughts on that opening scene other than, ooh, that was fun. Yeah. I'm just, okay. I was totally. Now, when do you think that takes place? Before the events of oh, for sure, years and years before, because Lady True doesn't look older. I mean, we don't know what is totally up with her, but it has to be some time because they show that dissolve of the the field getting built up to the kind of uh, like uh, shop area or like whatever Mm -hmm. that area is. So there had to been a few years that have passed. I would assume so, And, and I think that was the woman, the girl with her, is her daughter. So sometime, I think at least a year or two has passed. That's well, my guess. After the scene, we get back to the Heritage Center, which is where um, Laurie Blake, not Laurie Strode, Laurie Blake <laughs> had made the call to uh, Dr. Manhattan in the previous episode. Right. Uh, and lo and behold, it turns out that in the, uh, in the Heritage Center right behind there, uh, Sister Knight, who is not called Knight Sister. No. So no, we had this sister, little sister. <laughs> we had not this little thing last week where film. I could not get character names correct. So today I have a cheat sheet of character names, so I can't possibly mess up. We'll figure but another way to do you it. You correct me if so. Uh, but <laughs> have everything comes to together. We get it. We get another really cool scene of this family tree center where mm-hmm. it tracks your DNA and and uh, yes yeah, the same center that she yep. went to earlier yeah. and this season. time she breaks in presumably because she doesn't want anybody hearing whatever she's trying to find right. out and uh, I loved I loved the technology I loved the visuals I loved how it rendered uh, photos of uh, just everything about it I, I was kind of entranced what was your reaction uh, yeah I really liked it um, I had one question which I I not sure if it means anything at all to you or not, but it was my second viewing. I she was going into the ancestry, ancestry, mm-hmm. ancestry um, room where the tree is, and it said uh, that that room is uh, supported by the um, funds of the legend, the by legend fund donations. Mm-hmm. What is legend? I fund? believe, if if I'm correct, that that's one of Lady uh, True's foundations. Okay, and it was it was something that uh, Ozymandias uh, had set up. There's there's some sort of connection between. She says uh, she bought and she True. bought his company after he. Yeah, but they they don't allude as to whether that was more than just a a business dealing. Right, if they had some sort of partnership. Yeah. or um, I don't. They're definitely going down a, the Watchmen path of here is your rich trillionaire mm-hmm. um, 
seemingly harmless villain right. uh, that, that the plot is centered around. And so I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I'm starting to get the feeling that uh, maybe this was more of a hostile takeover. And Possibly. that wherever he's at, uh, wherever Ozymandias is at, she's it. involved in, yeah. in putting him there in that prison. Because he, he very much, not to jump ahead, but he very much says, this he's is in, a prison. Yeah, it's in prison. At and first he so, thought it was a paradise. Yeah. Yeah. And so that suggests to me, did she create something that was a paradise? And she sold it to him as a paradise. So he sold her assets and, and his companies and things like that. And then he discovers it's a prison. Or maybe she put him in this place or tricked him into this place and then just took over his business. Very possible. So I'm, I don't even want to speculate that much on it. I'm, I'm sure they'll get to it. Probably. I wasn't expecting as much information and answers as we got this week. So I would imagine next week there'll be even more of that. Yeah. But um, you want, I, um, but I really like this scene and with the, uh, um, the tree and mm-hmm. seeing her ta- her family tree and I liked the placement of where this is happening in the timeline yep. can, with the last episode. I really yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah I, I like the overlap there. And when she comes out and she talks to Laurie, it's it's yet another. They advance the relationship a little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit more trust, a little less skepticism between the two. Um, ending with that cool costume, and <laughs> she doesn't know how to react to that, so yeah. she's just sort of like. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I don't think much more was going on there other than we get to see another little snapshot of, of these two coming together. Mm-hmm. After that, we fly right with Angela over to Looking Glasses. Well, we didn't talk about how, why she, uh, when she comes out, her car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it is her car. Yeah, yeah it was definitely. Which we, I... I wasn't sure of that last week. Definitely yeah. her car. I and, think I was pretty sure it yeah. was, but well, and it made sense. Car yeah. went off in the sky. A car dropped from the sky. Yeah. So uh, that's what I was hoping it was. Yeah. But any thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought it was. I, it's like I was saying. I liked where it fell in the timeline where it was overlapped with last week. So it gave these characters a moment to come together and kind of set the story in or like the um, story in motion for. Yeah what happens the rest of the episode. Yeah. Well, and then, so Angela goes over to Looking Glass's place. Yes. Uh, And this was anytime Looking Glass shows up, I I am just further in than I was somehow before. Uh, But I love, I love his setup. I love everything he's got. I love that she hands off the the pills and the the KKK outfit to him. I have Looking Glass as a sweet bomb shelter. That, yep. I love his, I, yeah. his his comment about she says, "Do you think Judd was a racist?" And he says, "He's a white man in Alabama, yeah. or sorry, a white man in in Tulsa." Yeah, yeah. Every every white man in Tulsa is a racist. <laughs> um, man, that just he continues to be. I'm pretty sure my favorite character yeah. on the show. I love their interaction together. I love like, oh, so you want me to keep this hidden from the FBI lady? And then he gives, she like hands the pills too, and he's like, you want me to hide these from the FBI lady too? Yeah. He's like, yep. <laughs> yeah, I like that scene. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, is that followed by? Uh, yes. So so then she goes and she disposes of the wheelchair. Yep. Yup. Yeah. Are you ready for this? <laughs> yes. So she disposes of the wheelchair. She cuts the wheelchair up. And I'm just thinking, why are we showing this scene? Yeah. This is way too much time disposing of evidence and things like that. She goes to a bridge. 
she tosses it over into a you know trash truck that's going to yeah you know it's going into a facility that's going to presumably recycle it destroy it whatever good good use of evidence destruction Mm -hmm. and she turns around and standing there is a a very tall man in a silver leotard (laughs) suit with big goggles just staring at her and as soon as she moves towards him he takes off running Uh so she gives chase now, what follows? One of the best chase sequences I've seen. It in really a while. is, and I can't believe I'm about to call this the weirdest thing this show has done. You want to know what I call this is. guy? Yes. My name for him, yes. the Crisco Kid. <laughs> <laughs> and this will oh, be revealed man. in a second. The internet is calling him Lube Man, but Crisco <laughs> Kid is so much better. So much. Open Everyone it. can run with that. Start a Twitter just to trend <laughs> Crisco, Crisco kid. kid. Just a picture of him. But yeah, he goes running. Angela is catching up. He pulls bottles from his side, sprays slippery Some substance kind of all over him, over him, and then slides into a storm the sewer. Drain. It was amazing. A storm drain. <laughs> just, just the perfect height for him. To, <laughs> I love that. And he's just like so... <laughs> The, the physics of his body is so good. How they did that is just like, nope. oh, it's totally sold me. Like, it was totally sold on that. Yeah. I I have no idea what's going on there. Can I, I don't even care. I would love to hear if you have. Can I tell you? Well, this is not my theory. This yeah. is the coworker I was who I was okay. speaking of earlier, which okay. I wouldn't even think he'd think about something afterwards after viewing something. But he thinks it's... Um, Lori uh, Blake's or, or partner. The assistant. Yeah. Petey? Petey? Is it Petey? Is that Petey? I forget his name. But yeah, uh, I, I started instantly going back through kind of tall, lanky characters. He's yeah. a tall, lanky character. Yeah. And it would match. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't thought it's about really it. With, like how much he's interested in like this topic. And how much offense he took to being a fan. Yeah. 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 I, I'm I wouldn't be, a, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised by that, but. Uh, it was, it was somehow weirder than squids falling from the sky and briefcases <laughs> it's, last it's like oh i want more and know more about that i just and man. they keep revealing new elements like that that like propel me to want to know what's happening and yeah yeah but at the same time like i said they're closing doors opening doors yeah yep <laughs> um so then uh we get a scene where laurie finds out that there are other fingerprints in her car. She traces them to Will, what's his name? Will Reeves? Yeah. Will Reeves. Uh, And she's starting to put some pieces together, much to Angela's discomfort. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this brings Angela to Lady True. Lady True. And this scene between Lady True, clearly what has to be a clone, not an actual daughter. I'm assuming this is a clone of herself. Yeah, uh, I can maybe see that. maybe a daughter. That or I wonder if there's especially with what happens later with Will. I wonder mm. if there's some de aging kind of thing where they're maybe. keeping themselves at a certain age. Oh, that's maybe. interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I was, I don't know. but it's it's a very tense scene. Yeah, and both Laurie and Angela take note of the fact that what they're about to ask her for, she already has prepared and printed out. Not not a very slick move. Uh-huh. Uh, a little suspicious, a little shady. Um, but I, I very much enjoyed this interaction. What, what were your thoughts on all of this, now these characters kind of being crammed together in the course of this investigation? I really like this scene. I just keep saying that. But um, I like their interaction with speaking um, 
uh, Vietnamese, yeah. just how that played out. And yeah. they're speaking about Will and uh, her grandfather. I kept waiting for this reveal that, oh, yeah, Laurie knows Vietnamese, too. Yeah, uh, I mean, but I like that. They that, didn't go that route. Yeah. Um, I also liked learning that she, um, Laurie tells him, Angela, about... I don't know if it was in the previous scene or it was during this scene that Will... Oh, it was in the previous scene where they're at the, the office. Yeah. Um, that Will was a cop in the 40s and 50s yep. and then, like, kind of just retired early and disappeared. And yep. so This was, goes back more to the, the hooded justice idea mm-hmm. we had talked about before or what was Will up to and and whether he has powers or doesn't have powers. He's very clearly something. Yeah. And something about this episode. His attachment to Lady True in some way. There's, yeah. yeah. There was something about this episode, and I cannot put my finger on it. It, It's it's when Will is talking to Lady True and they're discussing all this stuff. It just something suddenly stuck stuck in my brain where did Judd climb up the tree and hang himself? Did Will tell him something? Huh. And then give him either an ultimatum or a here's what you need to do or or here's your only choice. And that's how wheelchair man is sitting at the bottom and a, a grown man is hung up at the top. Mm-hmm. And it, it looks like the scene that, that they roll into. But Will suddenly was, was thrust to the center of having information. Yeah. And Judd has these secrets in his closet. And so it just my brain pounced on... Did Judd kill himself? Yeah, uh, to protect his family, to protect Angela, to—I don't right. know. I know. Yeah. I know it's all tied together for sure. And I yeah. know very soon we're going to find out exactly what happened at that tree. Yeah, but yeah, I, weird going back to Lady True and the her her facility. I liked that. It, um, kind of closed a little bit of the mystery of how the car yeah. was lifted. Yeah. So somebody's com- uh, commandeering these. Of one of her giant, um, what would you call it? Hover, hover vehicles. Yeah. Either commandeering or she's ordering it yeah, to happen. Somebody, she yeah, somebody took Will. Will was obviously with her, right. so That's something true. had to connect yeah, there. What, yeah, there's, she's knowing of it, so I yeah. think she's... He's either gotten to her or there's a third party in the mix that we don't really know about. And that giant... the, the Hover gl- drones, the yeah. giant drones, yeah. yeah. Oh, and the clock tower itself has some other purpose then. For sure, yeah. You know, there's something going on there. Yeah. Um, I I just felt like this episode especially, and that's where it baffled me that people felt that it was it was too weird and, and they didn't get it because this is an episode where it felt like things are starting to come together. Yeah, I, I agree. They're starting to connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I suspect after the next scene, the very lengthy scene that closes the episode, um, I suspect that's coming in too. So let's... Let's hit that uh, Ozymandias. So, yeah, I liked how they um, flowed into the Ozymandias scene this week with them talking about the statue that is at Lady True's. And, and how does why does she see him so old and why would yeah. she know he's that old? And yeah, there was so some that kind of makes there. me think that she knows him personally in some fashion and there's, there, there's some connection where that's how she sees him. Now, do you think that's like is that statue his prison is he in there my is brother a, had the same thought really but i i don't think so i don't i just i hope not i don't think so it feels cheesy to me yeah but i think it's some actual okay. like i i didn't think that was sort. it just it goes from that the statue and then yeah, transitions I think that, that was scene. just a clever way of transitioning okay. like from his face to okay. where he is i i, I hope I, that wasn't a literal I we're pushing into where he's at it seems and, to 
yeah. on the nose to me. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Yeah. But this Ozymandias scene. Yeah. So it opens with him in a boat. Uh-huh. On a lake. On a lake. Yeah. At night. Looks like he's fishing. Looks like he's fishing, but what he's doing is fishing for fetuses, which if you've never tried, Clint, it's fun. Any lake, you'll find at least one fetus. There's Michigan, uh, unbeknownst to most people, one of the five great lakes, Lake Superior, uh-huh. is actually a fetus lake. And you can go there and you can fish out clone fetuses. And yeah. uh, if you, you have, have the have right equipment, well, of course, Clint. And they have to be in season. But if you have... <laughs> That's what broke me. <laughs> have to be in season. Has to be you gotta throw season. the small ones back, and he knows that. That it was, it was an unsettling scene. Yeah. It was a very unsettling image, but I loved him rummaging through. And I, yeah, it's like, I would love to know, yet not love to know exactly. Like, what are you looking for? What makes a good yeah, fetus clone some versus as, like not some a good... trait that he's looking for? And maybe they weren't developed enough. Maybe right. they needed to, you know, yeah, it's like tossing back a small fish. Yeah, like they're yeah, um, or like crabs. If they're not full, grown fully to a yeah. certain size, you got to throw um, them back. But then he he takes these two fetuses back. He puts them in a machine. He sits down and reads for a while, and he has his record spins playing. up two new clones for him, yeah. and they can't speak out of the box. But he's you know, got a he, reggae song playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. on like that really old record player, and yeah. he's got <laughs> reggae. He this is a lot, but he he gets them dressed and he shows them the ropes. It's it's they a very can't talk. They can't. It's a very economic scene. You yeah. get a lot of information in this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it ends with him at this ridiculous catapult. Well, no. Um, we got to jump back a little bit. Okay. Because he's telling these clones, like, yeah, you can't speak yet, and you're here to serve me. I am not your creator, but you are. Yes. And he I'm your takes, master. I'm your master. Yeah. And he takes them into his dining room. The ballroom. The ballroom. Ball yeah. And it's just littered. With dead, dead fetus, baby, adult, yeah, yeah, adult, like yeah. And he says, "I had a bad night. I had a bad night." <laughs> they're just all, they're all dead. So then that leads into the catapult. Yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. So presumably, last time after he fails uh, to figure out how to get somebody to survive in this suit, this is a very economic, economic. Seriously, way of not to only solve this problem too. Not only does he have a tantrum with the the body that he kicks, but then apparently he just went in and just started wholesale slaughtering uh-huh. every servant he could find. And he even yells at one of the dead ones about the horseshoe. <laughs> yeah, not yet. Is that what he says? <laughs> no. And you like, I love how he throws it and it goes on the knife mm-hmm. that's in his chest. And you almost get the sense that every one of these clones always mistakes a horseshoe for a knife. <laughs> and he's just so tired of hearing, uh-huh. here's a knife. No, that's a horseshoe. It's a horseshoe. Um, but yeah, so then, then we go out to this crazy catapult and we discover that he is hurling uh, clones up into the sky yeah. where they disappear through some sort of invisible barrier. Yeah, there's a, there's a line where mm-hmm. the edge of his world ends and whatever is beyond that. And this is begins. where he makes it very clear, this is a prison. Yeah. Thought it was a paradise. It's a prison. Yeah. Uh, which almost suggests the game warden from last week may be his warden, like his actual right. prison warden. Right. Uh, and the one that's keeping him there. Which makes sense with last week's mm-hmm. where he was going to try to kill the buffalo, yeah. and maybe that was the bear, like the line where he's not allowed to cross. Yeah. And he's So all of this happens. Mm-hmm. Where's your brain at after this? I know you I loved it. Is, I think it's just <laughs> I was sitting there with a stupid smile on my yeah. face because it's crazy and closing 
some questions that we I had, just like in answering what some speculation that we were um, thinking about with what yeah. this world is. Is he being, being trapped there? Is um, he there willingly? What, I, I feel know. like this is almost the opposite of The Leftovers in some ways where The Leftovers drew out its central question, whereas this one— With no intention of answering correct. it. Correct. Which I love yes. about that. With Watchmen, it almost feels like most shows, people would theorize and then they would get answers episodes and episodes later. This one is just like, as soon as you think of questions, it seems like the next episode answers those questions, but gives you the questions you should have been asking. Right, yeah. And it's just, it really amplifies this sense of mystery around everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't mean this to sound in any way negative, because it's not. Watching Watchmen is uh, akin to eating a bowl of cereal for me. It's that it's it's not a meal, but it's just it's so delicious, and you can make it a meal, and it's it's got like sweet and it's sugary, and then there's the milk, and maybe you pour a little more, and it's just it's not getting soggy, right? It's not getting no. It's the perfect like gets a little soggy, just so it's not okay. so crunchy on your teeth. I I don't know how to explain what I'm explaining, but like there is there is a comfort food aspect to eating a bowl of cereal yeah. for me from childhood. That's just like I could do cereal for dinner. It's not. Uh, the most substantive thing, mm-hmm. but it's just so. I, I I don't know how to explain it more than that. Now I have no doubt this series is going somewhere very substantive, but right now each week I just feel like like yeah I'm I am good just enjoying what you're putting in front of me. Yeah, and we'll see where you go for sure. Um, and I almost feel like when they do start delivering some major answers. Um, I'm going to miss that feeling of just that dumb grin on my face. Well, that's watching what I like so happen. far as when they're doing that, they've been also opening different things too. Yeah. So I hope it continues to do that in some way. Maybe they're where it's not left open ended, but it's just still some things where you're thinking about this world yeah. that they're creating and um, wanting to come back to it. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm assuming that the the first season is going to end with a lot of answers and a whole lot more questions. And bet you anything, uh, it's going to be the weirdest thing yet. And it just leaves you and goes right to credits. And you're like, wait, uh, so season two then? <laughs> well, I, I hope it there is something like that. But I hope there's some main themes or mysteries yeah. to this that are solved. So it's not one of those like, oh, we gotta. Yeah. Wait a year or two years yeah. for this to come back around. Yeah. yeah. I, I get the sense that it, it seems with as rapidly as they're approaching big answers, you can really feel the momentum there. Yeah. I, I almost wonder if it's almost anthology style from season to season where, and now oh, here's maybe. a new group of characters yeah. or here's, here's now a new plot line with some of the characters, yeah. but now it's this whole new thing because we answered that central mystery. I'd be totally fine with and that. And here's a new yeah. one. Like um, Fargo style. Yep, yep. exactly. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all where, and, and maybe he can come up with a lot to do in Tulsa for three, four seasons. But it just seems like, you know, pull back the world, step back a little, and, and what else is going someplace else? Yeah, and it would be fun if, yeah, they do go to a different town or city, oh. and but these characters, like, have an interplay. They come come into it in some way, but it's just mm-hmm. they're maybe not the main uh, 
character no. this time around. Well, and with everything with Laurie, Laurie is much more national, whereas Looking Glass and Angela are much more local. Right. The plot's right there for taking them out of Tulsa if they want to take them out of Tulsa yeah. and expand. Like, Laurie, now we've worked together. Now I want you to come with me over right. this way. Yeah. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like they're in any hurry to deal with Dr. Manhattan, to deal with Night Owl, uh, to deal with, you know, these things that they've mentioned that are there, they're established in universe. Mm -hmm. But unless there's a very clever way to bring them in, I feel like those are things that they're just going to continue to let be these kind of side elements. Right. And then they'll play with them in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then that way, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen. But if things just don't work out after season one and there's not a season two, then... No big deal. It's it's still a self-contained story that works well on its own terms. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see. Well, I mean, that's how I heard. I think Lindelof was talking about it. Is it is this self-contained thing? Yeah. So I'm ha- happy with that. I want a spinoff that's just Looking Glass. I want a Better Call Saul <laughs> style Looking Glass series. Don't waste my time with Game of Thrones prequels. I'm over it. Give me. <laughs> Like the Looking Glass Roadshow, where it's just <laughs> him on the road tracking down, you know, some cases. I would love <laughs> it's Looking Glass, but like the apocalypse really happens or whatever, and it's him in his bunker trying to survive <laughs> in the wasteland of Tulsa. Yep, and I'd be good with yeah. that too. And just him meeting random survivors and yeah, yeah. Like last man on earth, but with Looking yeah. Glass. Yeah, I just man. <laughs> Every time. And I love that they're using him sparingly. Yeah. They don't use him a lot. Yeah, I wonder if they'll give him more. I, I bet you he gets an episode. Yeah. Because they've done that where they've they've really, like, this was Lady True and Will's episode, essentially. You would think with um, him being cast as mm-hmm. the, that character, um, Tim Blake Nelson, that he would, like, he has some meaty chunk that yeah. he gets to do. But. Well, and I'm, I'm just, I'm really feeling like episode one was, was Angela's episode. Episode three was Laurie's episode. This was Lady True and Will's episode. And right. I, I bet you there's a, there's a Looking Glass episode. And there's probably a, a full Ozymandias episode sure. once that all connects back in. Yeah. Because that, and maybe I'm wrong, it feels like those segments are getting longer each week. This um, one felt short to me. Really? Yeah. Mm. They felt about the same to me, but... I'd have to go back yeah. and I would love to I look at the times it. and yeah. see if it's getting longer. Because it, it feels... And maybe it's just because of how well and how effective they're being at, at delivering a lot of story right. in those segments. Like, this one had much more story in his segment. Maybe it's the same amount of time. Yeah. Maybe. Um, maybe it's because we have the knowledge of what we know already, mm-hmm. so we're attaching it all together. But They're doing a very good job of avoiding exposition. Mm-hmm. I think there's only there was the the one the the briefing in episode two, that, right? Or maybe that was three that Laurie's getting, where you get kind of the background of the Seventh Cavalry in that uh, government briefing room. Right. It's the only time I felt like the series is being expositional. Yeah. Um, and and it still worked. It was fine. It mm-hmm. was a it was a quick way to get a lot of information out, but. Uh, I feel like it's doing a lot with just its visuals and just what it's showing. Right. Showing rather than telling. Yeah. And so I, anytime a, a story's doing that, I automatically appreciate it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Um, do we want to go to kind of the last scene of it? Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Why don't you uh, 
Bring it home, Clint. So we're back at Lady True's, mm-hmm. and his daughter, or her daughter, not his daughter, her daughter. Maybe his daughter. Oh, we don't know much she about knows, her yet. I don't know. Okay. Uh, wakes up and can't sleep. She's had a nightmare mm-hmm. and goes to Lady True to um, have some comfort, to have her take her back to bed and get her back to sleep. But what was her dream? It was She was being chased. Mm-hmm. It was it was a war scene. I think I think we're gonna have a Vietnam flashback. That's what it made me think of. And yeah. It made me think of the. Comedian. I think we're gonna see giant Manhattan stomping yeah. through the jungle. I think we're gonna see the comedian. I I think we're getting kind of some of those elements we already saw in Watchmen, but through the the eyes of these characters, maybe yeah. a young Angela, Lady True, some things like that. But there's there's definitely some Vietnam something or other yeah. coming. Yeah. But yeah, she has she has a dream about fleeing from soldiers. Yeah. She wakes or, up and her feet are still hurting, yeah. she was saying. And um but Lady True refuses to take her back to bed, just tell her to go back to bed and then yeah. it revealed that um oh, his her daughter says goodnight to Will. And Will Reeves is there. Yeah. And um, he's just been sitting there just watching sitting this there, conversation. Kind of like he's just part of the family almost. Like yep. he's, he's welcome there, and that's very natural for him to be there. Yep. And they have a conversation. And what is that conversation, Ken? I don't know what that conversation <laughs> is, but I know I'm, I'm trying desperately not to theorize, but uh, my money is riding on Will was in Vietnam. And that's how Lady True was rescued and brought to the States. Uh, that's Will's connection to her. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I think we're going to see a lot of just kind of history connection to Will. I think Little Girl is a clone and having clone memories uh, that are Lady Trues. You, I feel like there's uh, some kind of healing factor with Will. Or do you think he was just faking? Faking? Being in a wheelchair? Maybe. Because he looks a lot stronger. He does. So I'm wondering uh, if there's something to do with Lady True where like, there's some like I said, the de-aging thing, or there's something involved where he's giving him his strength back. Maybe Ozymandias, it's not a prison. Maybe it's like Matrix-style battery, and they're sucking the life out of him and giving it to... <laughs> that's all really stupid. Well, Thank I mean, God for Damon Lindelof. But. Yeah, because I mean, he doesn't really have any powers. <laughs> no, but there's there's something there. Yeah. Because I agree, he looked... And maybe it was just the lighting. Uh, this is one of the first times we're not seeing him at night or in an abandoned bigger, restaurant. Like he, but he did. He yeah. looked bigger, stronger. He was sitting up straighter. Yeah. And he's um, up walking around. Um, yeah. Looked much healthier. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and I, I think everything is going to come back to uh, one of the things Lindelof loves doing is dropping the biggest clue or the biggest thing you need to know right at the beginning of, of a story. And right at the beginning of the story was the attack in Tulsa in the 20s. And it's it goes back to that note. They even burned the note this week. It goes back to that note like this boy is somebody who is important. This boy needs protected. This boy needs watched over. I was wondering if maybe he – because there's a line in there towards the end where he's talking about how he betrayed her or something where I think he, maybe he was involved with the White Knight in some way. Maybe. Because it was like – such a, I don't know what I'm trying to say. He was in. Forget. I feel it. like I feel like all the pieces are there. They're all pointing at each other. Yeah. And all it's going to take is one flashback segment that suddenly right. is like, oh, yeah. Here's like this episode did with a couple things. I don't yeah. think it's a coincidence that Angela grew up in Vietnam. 
I don't think it's a coincidence that Will's talking about Vietnam. I don't think it's a coincidence that Lady True is Vietnamese. I don't think it's a coincidence the little girl is, you know, I I think all of that is about to crash together with just whatever that missing story point is. Right. And just like everything else in the series, I think it's going to be very economic. And it's just like, it's probably not even going to take a whole episode. It's probably going to be another five minute. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just going to probably reorient, readjust, and suddenly you're like, oh. Yeah. Now I see what they're doing. Now I see where they're going. And uh, and then we'll launch in that direction. Then it's going to be about okay. Now we got to bring in this Ozymandias uh, connection. Now we got to deal with Doctor Manhattan. And yeah, yeah. It seemed like he was saying like he was involved with some mm-hmm. something that would she would consider a betrayal or mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I'm interested to see where he ties into yeah. whatever. And I want to know how whatever her background is brought her to a place that she's a trillionaire. Right. Like, that's not. Yeah. Is is that Will? Did Will bring that about somehow? Is that? There's just there's. Or there's I wonder if she's some kind of Ozymandias character where she's a genius and she's Maybe. just a tech genius and she's worked her way through. Cloning was such a, a central point to uh, the Watchmen graphic novel, up to yeah. and including creating that squid beastie, the interdimensional ruse. Uh, cloning is a huge part of this series. And so already, and, and so I, I think cloning is kind of the, the crux of some things there. Uh, it will not be typical. It will not just be as simple as the girl is a clone of Lady True and, and yeah. this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's surface Maybe level. The, yeah. You know, that may be, but there's going to be something way more Cocoa Puffs than, than all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, not to, I didn't even mean to go back to my cereal analogy, <laughs> but gonna, are you hungry? Uh, no, I just, I'm telling you, every episode, it's just like, mm, I just, I walk away from it. Like, that was a tasty episode. I want another <laughs> bowl of that tasty episode. Is it time for an ad break? <laughs> this episode brought to you by Watchios. <laughs> oh, man. Night Owl says, eat your Watchios, kids. <laughs> Just a shot of him in prison with the owl mask. Eat your watchios. Now with squid marshmallows. Oh, that's genius. Yeah. Yeah. I love that Marshmallow so squiddies. Any other thoughts on this episode? I don't think I, so. Okay. I don't I don't think there's much more to discuss. I think we could really dive in and do a lot of theorizing, but I'm I'm seriously just waiting. There there is coming an episode that sets all of this in motion and that answers a lot of this and we're gonna have a whole lot to talk about. And yeah. uh Man, I just... I think this was a win because we didn't wait. say Night Sister five times. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't say any more. character name incorrectly. Yeah, I didn't at least identify. not on purpose. No, no. Last time was embarrassing. I was a little tired. Laurie Strode was bad enough, but then like, <laughs> Night Sister, Night Sister. <laughs> I'm going to write that song. So many times, too. Yeah. Like, I couldn't just call her Angela. Had to just double and triple mm-hmm. down on Night Sister. Night sister, night sister. Sweet dulcet tones. Night sister, night sister. That's a bowl of cereal on its own right mm-hmm. there. That's the theme song. <laughs> That's <laughs> You should go back and re-edit episode uh three just so it opens with night sister. <laughs> <laughs> or closes. I might like, yeah. Feels like a copyright I'll put it violation. On the end of this. No, no, I won't. No, no. This is too much work. Is it? No, I'll do is it. Is it? By the way, Clint, uh, bravo on the opening and closing Watchmen podcast uh, music. Oh, thanks. I really enjoy it. It's 
it's a distinctly Watchmen-y. Yeah. Uh, and I had a friend who listened, and he was just like, oh, you guys use the score. And that's possibly the best compliment anybody could <laughs> I'll pass take that. to you. Yeah. So there you that go. That was the goal, but being a little bit of me, too. Yeah. They thought you just we just used audio from uh, Atticus and uh, what's-his-face? Trevor. Trevor and Atticus. Trent Reznor. What? Trent Reznor. Trent and Atticus. Trent and Atticus. <laughs> it's a children's book. See, I shouldn't have. Yeah. I should just shut up. I hadn't gotten Too any names incorrectly. Goth. I hadn't. I hadn't said any names incorrectly. I should have just. But no, I got to go into Trevin? Atticus Finch and Trevor. Trent. Trent. <laughs> Atticus Finch he's is from. Be so mad when he hears this. To kill a mockingbird. He's gonna say I. Yeah. Stole a song. Yeah. Trent from California writes in and says, <laughs> Stop it. S- stop it. Yeah. Atticus Finch is to kill a mockingbird. Yeah. So Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor. Yeah. I got it right that time. Mm-hmm. All right. I was so quick. I wanted to jump on and say you're wrong, okay. but you got it. That's okay. Uh, this is Growing Up Night Sister, and this has been. <laughs> Growing Up Night Sister. <laughs> Uh, no, this is episode four of uh, Who Watches the Watchmen? Clinton can watch the Watchmen. If you don't like this story, write your own damn story. Yeah, and if you don't like this podcast, record your own. Yeah. We're tired of hearing your complaints. John, good night. <laughs>